Welcome back to OPA Podcast, episode 65. We are back to recap game one versus Nebraska and preview game two versus Eastern Michigan. But uh, to start off, um, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O, joined with Soup. What up? And Wyatt. Yeah, not me. After missing last podcast, but today we are short one, which is Griffin Most. He's currently out in Hawaii. Um, his... Uh, he decided to chime into the chat while we're recording this. So we're chewing him out for chatting and he should be enjoying his time in Hawaii. <laughs> but uh, to go from there, uh, since Griffin is not here, he did provide us about five to six minutes of his uh, unaltered audio about how the game went on Thursday with Nebraska. So we will take a quick listen to that and then go from there. But, from here, Wyatt, myself, and Super will tune out while you guys let um, while we let Griffin take the floor for the next few minutes. All right. So some thoughts on the Gophers versus Nebraska football game last Saturday. Overall, always happy with a win. However, I'm not happy with how we got the win. I want to give full credit to Rule for preparing his guys well in game one of a new regime. But as a seventh-year coach in Fleck, we would expect a higher level of play, or I would, especially for the experience on the roster. Now that rule is heading Nebraska, it is very evident that this will be a more competitive rivalry in the coming years. As far as the Gopher offense, I was very disappointed that we never really put several solid drives together. Given Ethan, I would say had relatively good protection most of the night. Um, one of our best drives was taken away to an underthrown ball by Ethan and the DB jumping the route. Not to, mount, not to mention that we really had no balance with our running and passing game. They never were complimenting each other at any time. Our Sean Tyler had 41 yards, and that's just not acceptable in Big Ten football, especially in the offense that we want to run. We were so pass heavy, didn't help move the ball consistently down the field, albeit we did have some flashes of brilliance from our receivers, crooms running in the slot. Um, deep ball didn't really have any. Uh, and then Daniel Jackson, obviously, with the toe tap. Um, even Elijah Spencer getting some love. But once Crab is back and the kinks are worked out between the receivers and QB, I think we will be a very hard wide receiving core to stop. Crooms looks comfortable, and he will still be my dark horse player for the rest of the year for this team. We know Daniel Jackson is him, and looking forward to see how Crab can help mentor these people and what else Elijah Spencer can bring to the table. And while our offense was still lacking in some areas, um, our defense was still putting up the showing that we had near the end of last year. Our defense kept us in this game the whole time. They bailed us out. Um, several times throughout the game, which is exactly what we expected, and we weren't disappointed in their showing. We won the turnover battle, and that ultimately won us the game in the end. Um, I see Tyler Newbin being a very high, not very, or a higher pick in the draft this year. Um, he'll continue to have high PFF rankings, um, but I'm still uneasy on our defense with kind of the front seven. We have our D lineman, which got a little bit of pressure, but linebacking core, once we get Cody Lindenberg back, I think that was huge. He's just good for the brains on our defense. Um, but 
just with our D-line, making sure we can have QB contained. That seems to still be an issue for us. We are thankful that, you know, Jeff Sins is kind of one-dimensional in that aspect. Couldn't hardly throw an accurate pass more than 10 yards down the field, except for the touchdown. Um, but Rule should know that while he might like him and Sims might be great and whatever he sees in him, especially for that style of offense, that doesn't necessarily work in the Big Ten. And if you can't pass and you can't complement with the run game, it's really over. As far as our running back room, I am way more worried than I was before the week one game. Um, if this if this is really a preview of how our running back room will look this year, we are going to have a very hard time winning eight games. That is simply too much pressure on Ethan and our passing offense. Uh, it looks obvious, at least, that Sean Tyler will be our RB1 unless someone else steps up in that room. And I really hope they do. I want someone to just unleash the beast that's inside of them. Uh, we need a run game for our passing game. Um, his best run of the night was really that 12-yard gain to set up Kesich, I believe, for that game-winning field goal. And while it was clutch, that's kind of the end of the game, and it wasn't consistently helping us sustain any drives. Um, I know I kind of mentioned before that I was kind of worried about our front seven, but I think I'm oddly or at least cautiously optimistic for our D-line this year in the front three or four. Getting three sacks is really better than I expected, um, but we need to continue having our big players make big plays. Chad Joyner will obviously be the stud on that defensive line, and we need him to keep proving that week in and week out. I just really want to see us help um, solve our QB contain issue because I am not ever going to be worried about our pass defense, but I want to make sure that when a quarterback scrambles out of the pocket, we can control. Um, One of my last things here is just to uh, reiterate that I was very happy with how Trayvon Jones played. I thought it was very encouraging to see him do so well, but I don't want that to get into his head either. I think he'll be a key part of our defense, complimenting Wally and Newbin. So best wishes to him and We'll see how that plays out the rest of the year. Um, post Nebraska. So I'll just start off with you, Soup. What is your thoughts post game? Did we lose him again? Yeah, I'm here. There he is. I'm here. Oh, I yep. can't get a moment to ponder. <laughs> No, you had all of Griffin's time to ponder. <laughs> That's true. For for all you Griff heads who are still here, um, I guess my main note is that um, when it came down to it, they did figure out a way to win. And I think that is really what the takeaway from the first game of the season is that they found a way to win. I think for me, it was PJ said it best, but even when we were down 
um, I think we were down seven to tie the game. Like the defense knew what they had to do. The offense knew what they had to do, but also they looked calm and poised. Like they weren't in in a panicky situation. Like I know like maybe that middle part of the game, like between the second and third quarter, Ethan looked a little flustered, but then he got his act together and looked very, very good for the rest of the game. So that's what I saw was that the team wasn't panicking. We're like, we're not hitting the panic button just yet. Um, defense kept us in the game. Offense kept doing what they know how to do best, I think. And then in the end, got us, you know, that touchdown. Um, I know Griffin mentioned it. Some Nebraska fans uh, still pissed off that Arianti Ursi still technically had a full start. Um, but hey, didn't. If they missed that, they they missed some other egregious calls throughout the game on Minnesota. The refs too. were not good. Yeah, they were not good. So nobody benefited. All of us actually lose when the refs are bad. Yeah, but other than that, I thought the team looked poised. No matter if we were down at that point seven and then taking and then won the game uh, with the game-winning field goal. So I thought we looked very very poised and uh, you know looked the part a bit. What about you, Wyatt? I mean, listen, I'm the eternal pessimist on this podcast now that Laurens is uh, not here regularly. Um, but today, I'm going to let Griff take that job. Because um, Griff had a lot of negative to say about that first game. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind our fan base, that's, that's game one. And that's just the way the Gophers kind of play in game one every year. We we're all we always get out to a sluggish start. And week one is always weird. Week like one across the league. What did we beat? We played like South Dakota State a couple of years ago and beat them by seven or something. Yeah, wasn't that like one handed? Uh... Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman catching the end zone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we needed we needed last second heroics to win that game too. So like, this isn't a South Dakota State team. Let's didn't, be very clear about what we've got here. We just Duke played just a Big Ten beat Clemson. Didn't Duke just beat Clemson? Right. Duke spanked Clemson. They did. It was twenty-eight to seven. Yeah, honestly, like I saw this tweet that I got this tweet by a couple of my friends that said Clemson didn't score or punt in the second half. And the first thing that I thought was like, they should be like in the big 10 West, like automatically (laughs) just by that happening to them. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Um, But uh, you know, a lot of weird thing, a lot of unexpected things happened this week in college football. The PAC 12 is currently undefeated. True. Not a PAC 12 team has lost yet. Colorado beat TCU even though no one knew what what prime was going to be. That's fun. in Colorado. I like that. And we we can get to that in more specifics later, but like week 1 is weird. The Gophers always play weird in week 1, and this time we played a Big 10 opponent in week 1 and we played a close game against them. That's way better than playing you know, a group of five team or worse an fcs team in week one and playing that three to seven point game against them it's also a great experience for a team who everybody's knock against them has been that they don't have as much experience 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's there's some things to look back at this game on and say, hey, yeah, we can improve this. But we've got a lot of youth on our offense outside of, you know, the Chris Ottman Bell and the Brevin Span Ford, and I'm sure there's someone still on our offensive line. Well, the offensive line, they want to be old, right? Like, you need big Yeah, guys. you want older guys, you want bigger guys but like they're deep into skill positions though with young talent yeah there's a lot of young talent everywhere on this roster and they're talented but they're also young and there's going to be some growing pains yeah i think it was interesting to learn about greg harbo being the play caller like to get that confirmed was nice like i think you could tell by watching the game um that it wasn't matt simon basically yeah. So yeah, stylistically, it was a very different offense overall being called. Um, like the one thing I've noticed, I'm not sure you guys saw it too. I know for you, uh, Soup, you were at the game where you were in the corner of the stadium, but mm-hmm. I was very surprised the amount of motion for the tight ends, especially with Calarup and Brevin. You know, either we're running twelve mm-hmm. twelve man, um, or all or like we're running all the tight ends on one side, like either the right or right or left side of the line and just being mm-hmm. heavy like, ready for the run so like i thought that was very unique and not much that we did i, I... think that was also because they had a lot of trouble uh blocking at times True. they were yeah i think the tackles were were good um but i think overall the line was just like not consistent and yeah especially like the guard play the center play like i thought needed to be better um and it was just a little too east-west to me. It didn't feel like we were really attacking downfield that much. And I would like to see them let Ethan kind of push the ball. But I think that's like, because by design, it's week one. You're trying to get them easy completions, right? And and yeah. this is a new style of football for Minnesota, where we're throwing the ball as much as we are. I don't think we're going to be throwing it like this, like, I don't think we're going to throw it 40 times a game all season long. I think like 25 like, to 30 is kind of where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. We're going to be throwing the ball more than we did with Tanner Morgan. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I and, liked the under center stuff. The under center play action stuff, I really liked. I think yeah. they're good at that. And like, it, it, we've got to, you know, accept that we don't have, you know, Mo Ibrahim anymore. That's just, yeah. that's not, this, this team doesn't have maybe the best power running back in the Big Ten. I would love to see an outside zone, maybe. So, you know, you've got to give this young stable of running backs some time to grow. You've got to give Ethan some time to come into his zone. Well, Sean I Tyler know... is like an older transfer. Like, Oh, Sean Tyler older? Yeah. Yeah. I think he has so, like, two years eligibility after. To me, it was just I, – I didn't understand why they were using him in that way. I was like, can we get this man some toss? Can we get this man some, like, outside power? Like, please. Like, yeah. they were running the entire offense east-west. Like, all the whole passing game was, like, all these east-west concepts, which is, like, fine. Those are good. But then the running game was all north-south, and it was, like – this, that's not what this guy does, though. Like, I feel like we're going about this in the wrong way. And then once they started running, like the play action, like deep, like uh, deep post, like stuff, 
game like that they were having some success doing that stuff and then like oh you know your tight ends hiding underneath for eight yards if it's not there like oh it turns into 15 because brevin's an animal and then like i was like yes do that that's fun do that (laughs) yeah honestly i feel like there's a lot griffin said it best obviously in his rant but i think the offense we all agree they it can be better they're capable of being better i just think maybe again it's game one week one of the season um i think they're trying to see like what harbo and simon put up on paper and see how it does in the on the field against in yeah. this case a three three five defense i mean i think they got pushed around like in the trenches on both sides of the ball they usually beat yeah. nebraska by having better trench play than them every year definitely but this year i do not think that was the case like we had some missed tackles from some young linebackers i mean cody lindenberg i think out like really allowed jeff sims to run like a lot more than he probably would have had lindenberg been healthy but like at the same time we're complaining about a defense that had four turnovers and gave up 10 points like i don't know yeah no, I, I will say this. Like for me, um, I think I go into some of my notes here. Like I thought I, I marked them as elite, and then the rest was just change your best. Like, if you're using like PJ's for, sure. per, uh, vocabulary, I thought first off the fans. Like obviously we we all know Nebraska travels well. Uh, one of my coworkers is a big Nebraska fan. He says it, and it's so true. They travel well, but like the sold out, gold out. There was a lot of gold in those seats and bleachers. Uh, that mm-hmm. Thursday night, so great, great game atmosphere overall. Um, I thought defense played hard. Like you said, you mentioned it the looked suit. like it probably looked awesome on TV. Yeah, it did. Um, defense, like you know, like I think at this point we're nitpicking what the defense missed. Obviously, like they let Jeff Sims run all over him, but like if you think of hindsight, we got three interceptions off Jeff Sims because he couldn't really throw. We punched the ball out of Anthony Grant's hands I've to get the Wally. fumble by justin wally so like four turnovers isn't something we should scoff at like they did a very great job tyler did a great job reading the eyes turnovers yeah reading the eyes of jeff sims so i thought defense played great and even though it was trial by fire for like uh our linebackers like baronowski and i forgot who the other guys were that stepped in um well it was trial by fire baronowski like got better and better throughout the game like he's like okay i messed that up the last play let's like, you know, let's strip it down and get better at it. And he got better at the thing. And I thought, like, hey, he, this guy has talent and can get pressure. And like, you know, he's kind of going to be, like, maybe what I, what I thought was, like, you know, Mariano with Cody Lindenberg. Like, you know, two leaders on the defense and talented guys. I thought maybe yeah. we could see that in the future. So, at this point, like, we're nitpicking of what our defense can be. Like, again, like, that's how good they've been the last few seasons under Jeff Rossi. That, like, we're just nitpicking any little stupid thing on that defense. Um, yeah, I mean, those turnovers they get are so clutch, too. Like, the first interception comes with seven seconds left in the second quarter. It's a 3-0 game at this point, which is gross, but at least you're winning. And this is – he throws a pick on second down, right? Like, that's a field goal. That should be an easy 3-3 game. And then they come out with the lead. They score a touchdown. It's 10-3, right? And it wasn't by Tyler. It was Trayvon, I think? Yes. Yeah, our transfer. Trayvon Jones. So, hype. So that was a that's a huge interception, right? And then the last one comes, you know, you get a you, well, you get a fumble, you score a touchdown in two minutes, 
you then get another pick in like less than 90 in less than two minutes right like they did such a great job of being timely with these impact plays on defense and then the offense did cash in when it mattered it's like the one thing i keep going back to i guess yeah. is that you know yeah i think there's an element of clutch that we saw in this game that we haven't seen a whole lot of in the time we've been doing this podcast yeah like and... H, like Ethan, like you know he didn't maybe he didn't have the best game i know there's probably throws out there that he would like back but like i think overall he did like a like a pretty good job with what was in front of them i think the blocking was not too great at times both pass blocking and run blocking basically like the inside of the interior of the offensive line i think was like a huge problem but he never lost his poise like he never he was never phased by any of it so and actually, I do want to pick on one last thing from PJ's end. Um, I know our podcast and producer always bitched about PJ's time management and timeouts, but my God, the um, pretty good the management at the end of the game, like by taking the ten second runoff uh, for the penalty, I believe uh, what happened, the yeah. false start, um, yeah. dropped it from twenty seven to seventeen seconds. Call it in, uh, call it a running play, allowing Sean Tyler to run up like Griffin mentioned, twelve yards down the middle huge run uh, which is huge gets got us closer to making essentially now a 46 to 47 yard field goal for a drag on Kessich rather than being 50 plus yards because he that's did a, miss that's the, a that's a big league field goal too. yeah and drag obviously missed the 53 four yarder earlier but like again he has the big leg he can hit it um, or has the leg for it so by calling that and then taking oh, the time that 54 out, yarder that 54 yarder was not short it it was not short. It yeah. was not short. It was just a hair left, and I think he just didn't. He did. He just didn't pull his leg through enough. First fifty yarder of the season, close enough. Whatever. Yeah. He nailed the forty-seven yarder that counted. Yeah. Yeah. No, like you can't. Com- For once, I don't have a complaint about the special teams. Oh, oh hold, hold up. Hold up, hold up, Wyatt. <laughs> okay, so back to uh, let's wrap up on the time management. Like, PJ called that, that last time out perfectly on the three second mark. Because I would have, because honestly, you, we've seen PJ take timeouts if like the defense is not set or the offense is not set, right? Yeah, there were no like weird ones in either half. Like, he usually gets one weird one in the first half. Yeah. So, like, kudos, like, two thumbs up elite for PJ on like actually proper time management and actually looked better. But then again, is this game one? We'll see how the rest of the season goes. He we knowing him, he might still call it, but like, I'll take that as a win on how that went and essentially set up the game winner. But I think, I think we all have to like, kind of remember that this is a conference game to start the season. So you're seeing who they really are. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing who they really are. And I think, some of that timeout usage is usually against like non-conference opponents when they're just like not playing well. And PJ's like, yo, wake up, you know, like <laughs> let's go. For sure. But then, um, well, let's go. I, I want to hit the special teams cause we have super night has some of the stuff to say, but Wyatt, obviously, um, you have probably have some stuff too, but I'm off, very happy with my kicker. Yeah. Drag That's on. fine. I agree. <laughs> Big leg. Mark Crawford, kudos to you. I don't know what happened, but I'll take Mark it. Crawford averaging six more yards a punt 
Good job putting the foot to the ball, my guy. From last season, yeah. <laughs> like, he's middle of the pack, and I'll take that <laughs> for a punter. Um, but, no, let's get into the more of the special teams because to pre this uh, I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but the Eagles from Eastern Michigan have a really good special teams unit. And oh, yeah. looking at ours, let's just talk about the – the return that Nebraska had was that on kickoff or punt? Uh, super the coverage, the coverage on yeah. both units is just bad. Like yeah. Quentin Redding can't really do anything, and I for sure thought they were gonna fair catch a couple kickoffs. But I guess like kudos to them for trying because that's always what we've asked for from them, right? Is that they try, but like I think they've they swung a little too far the other way, and I think the I think overall it's just like I think the return game will be better if the coverage gets better. The coverage was just like it was really bad. Like, the roughing the punter call or whatever, like, that's running into the punter. That's not roughing, but whatever. But that still can't happen. Like, you can't put yourself in that situation. So And knowing PJ, he probably chewed out the special teams unit on yeah, Monday, like, Sunday. It was just not good. And, like, your kickers were clutch, and that's super nice, and that's great. But, like, you're, getting, you're still getting nothing from the return game. It's just in a different way. I think Quinton Redding was never got past the twenty yard line the entire night. Um, no, I was shocked they didn't fair catch a, like a couple of the last ones, but I, I guess they were just fishing for a big play all game because they couldn't get anything going on offense, right? Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to pull off what they did in Syracuse, where we actually had good return game in the bowl, but like obviously, I don't think. Yeah, the coverage just like trying to sniff out that one big play to get them going. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, that return that, again, the, as part of the cover is that huge return that set up Nebraska in the red zone. And, obviously, that the one touchdown the defense lent was a broken, busted play which because, like, it was a – I'm trying to remember. So, the Sims handed off to the running back. The running back oh, – they, like, run – like a reverse flea, a reverse flea flicker, basically, and he drops the ball. And still scores it to Bullock in the end zone. I heard, I heard from Ryan Burns. I heard he he said that like somebody thought the ball was like incomplete, out of play, yeah, and out of play because he was like, "Oh, it's a pass. It's on the ground," but couldn't see from that angle. You know that it's a backwards pass. Yeah, and which was still a legal ball, like a live ball. Yeah, it's like he's (laughs) trying to get back to the huddle, and then he sees the quarterback pick the ball up, and it clicks, and he just can't get back. It's like, oh no, that sounds like week one to me, (laughs) for sure. That's but, the only touchdown they scored, you guys. Like that that was it. They did jack the rest of the game. That is correct. Um was there anything else on special teams that I was irked by the entire night? Um, no, I think we're just sick of like <laughs> this return game being so bad for no reason. Yeah. Going on from there, um I do wanna chime in some notes. Um my coworker, his name is Trevor. Um, Nebraska fan at heart. Stop, Trevor. Um, he did had this to say because I asked him like, "Hey, what are your overall thoughts after the game?" He said this. He he thinks that the country thinks that both Nebraska and Minnesota are trash teams, but he differs that um, in reality, both both teams played hard, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Like Nebraska came to play. And oh, yeah. was physical all night. Oh yeah. Um, and and he does admit that yes, both teams do have their holes, 
Um, but he thinks Nebraska can get better under Matt Rule, and he's hoping for a hopefully a fun game, maybe a, a win uh, next week when they play um, at I think Colorado. They've got something, I think they've got something going on defense there for sure. Yeah. So I, I and I told Trevor like, hey, I wholeheartedly agreed. Like it was a very physical game, and I think it's too early to react. Obviously, we're as fans, we're pissed off on how our teams perform. But it's week one. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, nobody really feels good about this one. Like, it feels good to win in the way that you did just because, like, there's a lot of Gophers teams that don't make this comeback. You know, and I think that's something, yeah. you know, that that's important. That, like, they that there's a lot of teams that, like, don't make this comeback. Like, and they, they did it with, like, a, you know, a young quarterback and a different core of players than we're used to. And that's, like, really fun. Mm-hmm. And I do want to make note of this, and I'm just going to rub it in Trevor's face sometimes at work just to lightly jab him, but the Gophers still are now in a five-game win streak over the Cornhuskers um, and also continues the overall team's losing streak of losing one-score games. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll leave it at that as <laughs> a light jab. Uh, so moving on, let's head into previewing our opponent, guys. So going to game two this upcoming Saturday, the 9th, at 6.30 p.m. kickoff at Huntington Bank Stadium. So, Soup, you're going to be there for sure, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Wyatt? I will not be there. I will be. But I will be watching. I'll be watching because I am tr- flying Give out the, the next Give me the chrome day. numbers. <laughs> Give me the chrome numbers. All righty. So first off, uh, it's going to be airing on Big Ten Network for the TV broadcast and then go for radio team from last game. Same, same from KFAN. Uh, so here's the numbers. ESPN's FPI has Minnesota winning um, 94.1% to the Eagles 5.9 uh, odds. As of uh, yesterday, when I did my notes, looking at minus 19 and a half to minus 20 and a half, depending on the sports book and Vegas odds over under being at 47 and a half to, uh, to 47. Um, so they're giving us a three-score win, uh, according to Vegas. But here's some notes about our opponents coming up. So the Eagles won their game one uh, win last week, or they won their first game uh, in week one last week against Howard, winning 33-23, to uh, going 1-0 and in their uh, overall record as well. Um, they're head coached by Chris Creen, uh, who's been there for some time already in the MAC. Uh, their offense is led by quarterback Austin Smith who was 19 of 28 175 yards passing one touchdown and one interception uh running back uh their leader is uh Samson Evans with 16 carries and 52 yards in the tutty last game and then wide receiver is Tanner New at eight receptions 73 yards and one touchdown um so that's on the Offensive side defense led by Joe Spar- Sparcio, who led the team in total tackles, I think at 10 or 11. And then special teams, um, their kicker, uh, Kenyon Boyer, was one for one on field goals, uh, was a 25-yarder, and was four for four for extra points. Uh, do note their special teams scored, I believe, two special teams touchdowns, or was it one? And got a two. safety, or two, and then got a safety on Howard's punt team. Um, hey, the 53 yep. Or what was that? Uh, they had like a ninety. Was that ninety-six yard return on the kick? And then they had a good punt return because um, when they got the yeah. safety, um, they still had to punt the ball 
and they returned that for a touchdown. They had two special teams touchdowns mm-hmm. and a safety. So, that, so they gave their football team um, alone, like on special teams. So we're just doing 16. the math, like 16, 16 points. Yeah. But um, but here, but here's some notes that I thought I had. Uh, maybe Howard's special teams was just that bad. <laughs> um, I don't know. But lightning uh, strikes doesn't strike twice, right? Yeah. And I do want to note this as well. Um, they scored. Also, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, but they also scored the first thirty points in the first half. Um, so Eagles were scoreless in the second half up until the fourth quarter, because the game was close, uh, twenty-three to thirty. So Howard was only down by one score, um, and in the end, the Eagles got the field goal to make it a thirty-three-twenty-three uh, victory. Uh, so I thought Howard got better or was better at uh, this uh, second quarter and into the second half, but this, this didn't come through. But yeah, that's pretty much it from the recap regarding the Eagles here and then off, obviously their win uh, as the only sample size that we got from last week. But um, you guys have any things to make note of with this opponent when we go play them on Saturday? I'm hoping for another big... Uh... JLR, Ja Joyner, Knight, because they're going to be running a lot of the same like triple option stuff that like Nebraska was. Hmm. What were you, Wyatt? Sorry, what was the question? What do you expect or um, think about coming up here with this game against Eastern Michigan? Oh, um, I mean. It's a Mac team. I'm not expecting it to be a super exciting game. Yeah. I think the Gophers are going to have to put up some points, though. They're going to have to put up some points, and, you know, I think it's going to be higher scoring, which makes for potentially more excitement than the Nebraska game. Um, But, you know, I'd like them to score early and put it to bed early. Yeah. That'd be nice. I guess I would just like to see like something different. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I just want to see that they're like learning week to week instead of just like, yeah. like this is what we're doing. You know? I agree. So and hopefully, I, no but, vanilla it, offense this Saturday. That's also part of why I say like score early, put it to bed early. Because then, if you've got that comfortable lead, you have more time to go out there and try some stuff with an offense that's, you know, learning and growing. Well, yeah, then you can figure out your running back room, right? But like Yeah, that gives you an opportunity to try everybody in the running back room. And so just like I think they can do it, but we've also lost to Mac teams before, so like Hala Bowling Green. Yeah, the Bowling Green one is the one that sticks with me. Gives me nightmares. Still gives me nightmares, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, um, obviously get better, but I just think, I think this is the game for me where I think for uh, on the offensive side, I want Ethan to have a better game. Like, so actually throwing to like a, uh, in the spot where the receivers can make a play rather than. Yeah. Um, under throwing I think, him. I think 
I think based just on last game, you know, we they're gonna let him they're gonna let him go. I think I think we've established that. Yeah, let him loose. But also, I want like as you mentioned, Wyatt and Soup more of the running backs. I think the last game, um, I saw on the broadcast a lot of Sean Tyler as we expected. He is the you know veteran transfer coming in, but also um, I was surprised that we saw a lot of Bryce Williams rotating out with him and i believe I think that's because he's your best pass blocker yeah and then i think there's a third one but like i didn't really see uh zach evans who i know griffin is high on um and the other younger backs i just think they had no success running the ball that they put in their best pass blocker honestly their... yeah especially with how the interior offensive line went so um yeah for me just get right game like you guys think but also uh, I'm expecting another game on the defensive side, though, to, you know, with that veteran secondary and de- and actually better than expected defensive line to have a good game on that defensive side as well. However, I am very suspect of the cut, punt, punt, and kick coverage, so I am not too optimistic on the special teams to... I- I'm expecting special teams to allow a touchdown. <laughs> um this game i don't think they'll i think you'll see them kick away from the returners okay we'll see what happens you'll see that like (laughs) rugby style kick that you saw where they like kick it away and like hope it rolls (laughs) true but hey um, listen we got six extra yards average for mark crawford let's let's give him a chance to show us what he can actually do true but uh, going up from there, it can't happen. I'm just, I'm just, you know. Well, bad things can certainly happen. I just think we should complain about them after. True, very, very true. But um, again, I'm just, you know, still salty. <laughs> That's Sorry. the best way to describe it. But uh, going up from there, uh, let's get into predictions. So um, I'll go first, and then we'll go down the line. So Wyatt and then Soup. Um, so preseason, I said W. I'm still gonna stick with that, but I say we're gonna win 27-10. Um, we're only gonna allow three points on offense, but that touchdown is gonna be from special teams. I I like that prediction a lot. Because um, I don't think we're gonna. I'm, I'm, we're not gonna cover the spread. I'm just gonna say that. Like, oh no, 19 and a half is a lot of points. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm gonna go with a little more conservative, a 24-10 win. Um, I I th- I mean I think this Gopher team is fully capable of handling Eastern Michigan. I just I think there's still there's still gonna be some growing pains. There's still gonna be the offense is gonna be trying to figure out how to click. The defense looked like midseason. Good. Point. I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable with the defense with where the defense was at week one, but you know, well, while the offense is getting clicking, I'm not going to, I'm going to stay conservative on these, on these predictions. All right, Sue, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go 28, 13, I think. All right. Gophers, obviously. All right. Defensive touchdown. Give me a defensive touchdown. <laughs> Tyler Newbin or Justin Wally would touchdown? be super cool. Okay, so who do you think would have that defensive touchdown? Uh, give me Justin Wally. I would take Justin. Ooh, Wally I'll take that. Well. Give me Justin Wally jumps like a RPO slant and just they never see him. 
But also, I wouldn't mind a Tyler Newbin one too, though. <laughs> Newbin one would be fun, but that's not really his. If he didn't really stumble his... on the receiver, I think he would have had yeah. one. Based on where I was sitting, yeah, I saw it the whole way. I saw him stick his foot in the ground, and it got like, you know, it gets really quiet when the ball goes up in the stadium. So I saw him like dig his foot in, and I heard the whole stadium go quiet, and I was just like, oh, give me that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, besides that, I do want to note a fun fact. Griffin, per his uh, messages to us, he said he'll shotgun uh, four beers if uh, Tyler Newbin got two picks this last game. And on, what was it, Saturday, Sunday morning, he honored that request. And Yep, the Snapchats came through. I watched them while I was at the <laughs> yep. fair. So Saw those two. I saw I did while I waited in line. They waited for those to load. So a shout out to Griffin who <laughs> said it a few well afterwards, but I do want to mention that note because uh, what a trooper Griffin, even though we're getting older and our bodies can't process shit like it used to. So um, Legends never die. <coughs> Legends don't die. Legends never die. But going on from there, um, that wraps um, the preview for Eastern Michigan. Um, going on from there, again, week one happened last week. A lot of things happen. Um, where do we want to start, guys? Because like it was a, it was a fun, fun weekend of football um, last week. Let let me just pull up the NCAA football top twenty-five results. Did they update oh. already? Well, uh, prime oh, I, I haven't looked at the rankings, but prime time happened. Prime yeah. time did happen. Shadur um, Sanders, his son had like what five hundred yards. Yeah, four tutties. Five, like it was like five twenty and four, which are both program records. Yeah. Yep. And like um, the game is so hyped that like I'm seeing like the media people are like, could he be like a first like be a first round pick and like Vikings fans are like oh what happened he's our quarterback guys it's game one it's still too early for this. <laughs> I know everybody we just need we we all just also need the NFL to start. Yeah. Well, also, uh, hold, hold on here. I think that this is a kid who is starting to actually, you know, make a name for himself. He's no, been yeah. playing at. I just don't know why people are surprised. That's all. Yeah. No. It, he he was a good quarterback, and now he's at a you know power five school, and he's still a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of the people that people are looking at when his his time to hit the draft comes along. Yeah, and you know he he shows some promise. He shows a good deal of promise, but but you have but you know you don't uh, we can't just talk about Travis Hunter because like, you gotta realize that offense was like humming because um let's just start off uh, the guy that caught my attention was Travis Hunter, who I believed you guys can correct me he played both sides of the ball. He played a hundred and seventeen snaps, I believe. Yeah, which is. More than any wide receiver or quarterback in the entire NCAA has p- played all of last season, and he was balling game. that game too. Like not only taking out all those snaps on either side of the ball, was actually doing well on the uh, being in the secondary and being in the receiver core. Like, damn, like this guy is talented. And I know, um, I think it was Pat McAfee's show. I think yesterday where he had Dion. On, uh, on for his podcast for the Pat McAfee show and 
damn, like Dion really likes this guy. Um, Prime really likes him. So very excited what we can see from Travis Hunter uh, in the next few games here uh, for the season. But I mean, if damn. he can do that, that's like video game shit. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, looking at the games for games I mean, worth Duke, talking about here. Duke Clemson, we touched on briefly. Duke Clemson, big deal. I missed that game, but holy hell, Clemson, yeah, lost to uh, Duke. <laughs> I, mean, I think it says a lot about, like, you know, Dabo is, is not like a transfer portal or NIL guy. And I think it's, uh, you start to catch up. Like, I think, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and and you look. I look. I was walk, looking at some of what Dabo was saying after the game, and he was just talking about how weird of a game it was for him. And I think I think he just hasn't. I I don't know if Dabo Sweeney's gonna make it in the you know modern NCAA where money is a huge deal for players. Yeah. Yep. Specifically, and, you know, conferences are going to shift. Problem. Yeah. I was he, watching. He, like, um, hates the players getting paid. He's always been public about that. True. Like he wasn't a support of nil ever, and I think it's showing. You know, yeah. I think it shows the landscape is changing. Definitely. Um, I will also want to note this. Um, I was watching the Purdue and. Um, Fresno State game. Purdue lost. I was gonna say, how are our friends at Fresno State still frisky? They're still frisky. <laughs> uh, I think Jeff Tefford is still there as head coach too. Um, so, yeah, Fresno State beat Purdue. Um, rough game. I think Purdue was on their like third, fourth, fifth center on the O line. That's tough. Oof. Like they took injuries throughout the game. Like it's Ryan uh, Walters, right? I believe so. I, I don't remember. I, the I, Illinois, I, the Illinois DC. Yeah, he's year. the he's now the head coach because Jeff Brom went to Kentucky and no uh, Louisville, Louisville, and I think Louisville also lost. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, um, but here nor there, Purdue had a rough game, and I was like, oh ah. damn, it was cl- it was a close game overall. It's just that I think it didn't go Purdue's way and. Unfortunately, injuries hit him hard, too. So I'm curious what's going to happen from here. But, yeah, Purdue lost. Um, Ohio State did not oh, dominate. Hold on. Um, I got I to gotta correct you real quick. Louisville did beat Georgia Tech. Oh, they did. Okay. Well, it was 39. It was close. It was 39-34. Oh, they were losing when I saw Yeah, they were losing, too. Uh, okay. they, they bounced back and did win that game. Okay. Thanks for the clarification, Why? I was just, I, I was just hoping, I guess. Yeah. Jeff Brom got a, you know, happy debut in. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, outside of the <clears throat> Big Ten game, so Indiana played Ohio State to open Big Ten, um, play in Week One. They lost, but um, it was ten three for a little bit. Yeah, they it was close. Kept the Buckeyes struggled on offense. So did Indiana. Yep. Indiana struggled on offense all game, to be fair. Eventually, Ohio State got some got to chugging a little bit. and mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't look like they're the Ohio State teams that we've gotten used to. 
That is true. They're you not the same Ohio State like dominating an Indiana team like that who is like not producing on offense and being ahead by two, three scores. Yeah, this it might be a very different year in the Big Ten if games are gonna look like this. But then um looking at him, so Michigan was without Jim Harbaugh. Uh he is out for I believe four games, right? Due to the NCAA suspension. Um Michigan Michigan self imposed a three game suspension i believe oh okay right before conference play opens up that's okay. when i'll be fine but um but they still like michigan dominated i think michigan state also dominated the illini had a close game as well um against a non-conference opponent um and then, a, a mac team to be to be clear yep um the big 10 history with mac teams is something uh, Wisconsin won against Buffalo, who's coached my, uh, who's the, the who's the, the Buffalo, the Buffalo head coach was actually previously on PJ staff. And I think what, 17, <laughs> um, I was like wondering like, Oh, he sounds and looks familiar. Oh, wait, he was with the Gophers for a season. Um, but they outside, got a little bit of a scary looking running back out there. In Wisconsin, don't they? They do. Like from what I, from, Again, the broadcasters like again the broadcasters were shit, but like I can see it. Wisconsin can still run the damn ball, and like they're trying to do the air raid thing, like the hybrid air raid with power running. And I was like, oh, they're actually looking good there on offense. Um, and defense outside of the outside of the two picks that I'm seeing, but yeah, outside of that. Um... <laughs> Uh, I didn't watch the Iowa game, but I heard Cade McNamara look kind of good. Um, I mean, he's fun. he's like a competent quarterback. They just don't understand. Who's better than Spencer Petras? <laughs> yeah, they just don't know what that looks like. They yeah. still didn't score their uh, 25 points or whatever. Yep. There's uh, a tracker that's... going, I think, that's like, what's their average points per game? <laughs> how How far behind the mark are they? Yeah. God, I can't wait. Do you think Joe Rossi knows about that? <laughs> you know. You know. You know they know. Like, everyone knows at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's got to, like, take us some small pride in, like, keeping it below that number for sure. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, but other than that, not much else. To... Yeah, I only watch a handful of games because, like, of YouTube TV and stuff. I was restricted um in terms of, like the area and what was available but overall it was a pretty fun weekend got to see the again i watched the colorado tcu game it was a fun one to watch um watched the purdue and fresno state one a little a bit towards the end and same with the i and i and watched half of the wisconsin game but other than that it was you know college football is back and coming up here the nfl is back it is it is worth talking about maybe florida state lsu yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, I missed that. Where right. LSU got torched a little bit. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Sad Brian Kelly is so good. <laughs> who's the head coach for FSU now? God, who is the I, head I coach for FSU? Is. I'm just glad it's not Jimbo. I hated rooting. I hated liking Jimbo. Hey, we can hate Jimbo and Bobby Petrino because they're no, A and M. Mike, that's Mike Norvell. Oh, it's Norvell. I thought you got fired. Okay, never mind. No, I guess not. I know Tagger got the boot before Norvell took over. But okay, good to know. 
Jared's very good at football. Other than that, anything else? The only other thing I can think about from this weekend of college football is the poor Oregon duck. <laughs> yeah. Bucky Irving going nuts, though. Bucky Irving say. going nuts. May it, I, I cry myself to sleep over it. Yeah. Like, exactly. happy, happy, happy for that young man, but damn. Sad for the it'll golfers work, where he transferred. for the kid, but it's, you know, ah. So what, could, what could have been? Yeah. <laughs> what a coulda, shoulda. <laughs> but cool. Well, everyone uh, who's listening or watching the podcast today, thank you so much. Uh, we'll wrap up episode 65 here uh, with the recap of Nebraska and the preview for Eastern Michigan. Uh, just a heads up for those watching and listening. Um, I, uh, Jason, one of your hosts and one of the producers for the podcast, will be traveling to Japan. One of the <laughs> producer for the podcast, the guy who editing. Yeah. L listen, man, yeah. don't sell yourself short here. Yeah. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> Try to be humble, guys. I'm trying to be humble. But um, I will be traveling to Japan, so I'll be out of pocket for um, recapping Eastern Michigan, previewing North Carolina, and then the next game after that. So um, I asked one of our co-hosts, Soup, to take on that mantle for just two episodes, just two, 66 and 67. So um, I A will be out. era has started. Rise, <laughs> my brethren. Rise. <laughs> So Sue would take the torch on that. Uh, with it's not going to my head at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as I'm out, Soup will take over on that side of things. So I will be absent for the two podcasts here. Um, but again, it'll be a good time with Soup, Wyatt, and Griffin, and hopefully maybe Laurence will chime on. Uh, Honestly, if we can get Laurence, that'd be great. It'll be a good time. But from crazy. but from there, um, Return of the King, for sure. But. There's a quick, uh, some uh, admin notes on that for upcoming podcast. So please bear with us as we um, tackle this, as I will be trying to upload uh, the podcast while I'm away, while Soup is um, doing the recording and editing as we go. So please bear with us. But we plan to get our episodes out weekly, uh, Monday, Tuesday in the coming weeks here. So please bear with us. But there's a quick notes on that. But, um, but th again, thank you so much for listening and watching the podcast. But I'm one of your hosts, Jason O. Join with Soup. Say bye, Soup. Bye. And Wyatt. Yeah, that's me. And we'll see you guys next time. And oh. Oh.